If you have your Bible, open to uh, James chapter 3. James chapter 3, and uh, that's where we'll be uh, this morning. For the, uh, for the last four weeks, we have been in a series called Real that is helping us to look at our life and to evaluate what it looks like to be a true and genuine, authentic follower of Christ. Because there are many people that point to the followers of Jesus and say they're hypocritical. There are many people that look at us as, as a whole and say they're not truthful. They're not caring. They're not loving. They're not charitable. They're not real. And as followers of Christ, we don't want, we don't want to be known as that, right? We want to be real. We want them to say, Christians are people that you can trust. If someone who follows Christ gives you their word, you know that they'll do what they say they're going to do. You know that they will do what they say they believe. You know that they can be relied upon and they're not full of hypocrisy and their, their mouths don't have lies and deceit and, and bitterness and rage inside of them. There's words of life and, and hope and, and grace and, and, and mercy. And so for the last few weeks, we've been looking at the book of James. And as we've gone through this text, James has challenged us in, in so many ways. He's challenged us in our, in our honesty. He's challenged us in our faith. He's challenged us to have control over our tongues. And today, today we're going to continue to be challenged by him. And so for the last few weeks we have said over and over again that as followers of Christ we must be real and we're saying this out loud and I want you to say it with me today today we're going to say it three times the first time through I want us to put the emphasis on Christ the second time through I want us to put the emphasis on real and the third time through we'll put it on Christ and real but with me so let's say this Let's say this really loud together. As followers of Christ, we must be real. As followers of Christ, we must be real. As followers of Christ, we must be real. Do you believe that? If nothing else is true that I say today, those words must be true. As followers of Christ, we must be real. Now, if you've tried to do that, if you've tried to be real, you know that it's not easy. It's not easy. And we've not said that through this process. In fact, it's probably more difficult than anything else because we're trying to live to a different standard. And here's the other catch to that. That if you're trying to be real without the help of Jesus Christ, you're going to fail. 
But we can do this because we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. Jesus is our strength. Jesus is the one that helps us to, to be real. The one who convicts and, and challenges us. The Holy Spirit guides us, counsels and, and, and comforts us as we, as we try to live as closely to Jesus as we possibly can. But you and I both know this is not easy. It is not difficult with all the temptation, with all the, the garbage, with all the opportunities to do things that are dishonest and don't have integrity, with all the opportunities to do those things that present themselves to us on a daily basis. It is difficult to be real and genuine in the world on our own. But through Christ Jesus our Lord, we can accomplish this. And so today we're talking about real wisdom. And I think there's probably two types of, of wisdom in the world. There's the wisdom that is from God that we're going to be talking about in just a minute. But there's also a, a worldly wisdom. It's, it's earthy. You know, it's, it's carnal. It's that do whatever you've got to do to get ahead. You know, and there are a lot of people who operate under that kind of, of wisdom. And as we are trying to be agents in the kingdom of God who are trying to influence people for the kingdom of God, as we interact with various people, we have to use wisdom, do we not? The question is, which kind of wisdom are we to use? Do we use the world's wisdom that says do whatever we got to do to bring people in, even if it might be a little unethical? Or do we use the wisdom of God that says, no, we want to do whatever we have to do to bring people in, but we're going to do it God's way. You see, I think there are a lot of people that can't tell the difference between the types of wisdom that are, are out there in the world. In fact, I think there are even some Christians who don't know the difference, who choose to operate under the, the wisdom of the world. And maybe they don't know the difference, or maybe worse, they know the difference, and they choose to, to operate that way anyhow. All of us have seen or, or probably know someone who is, is driven by power driven by, by success, by, by pride, and uh, by vanity. And often, they are products of envy and, and selfish ambition. And it's those things that they use to get whatever they want. And someone who is, is driven like that, who wants that power, who wants that, that success at all costs, you know as well as I do that they are willing to do whatever it takes to get there, Right? If they have to lie or cheat or steal, if they've got to manipulate the system just a little bit, if they have to take advantage of somebody, they're willing to do it. They're willing to use the world's cunning to do whatever they have to to get on top or to stay in power or get, grab whatever it is that they think that, that they are entitled to. And we see this happening in our world around us all the time. We know it's not right, but it, it happens it happens regardless. And what really 
hurts us is when people who call themselves Christians choose to operate in that, in that same way. And chances are that you might know someone who is a Christian who has operated that way before in their life. Or maybe that it's you, that you have done some things like that where you've made some decisions that were not the wisest decisions as far as looking at godly wisdom goes. But when the world looks at you and says, wow, man, that that was a good choice you made. They pat you on the back for it. Okay? Or, you know, I've seen churches that have operated that way at times. Where they've chose to take their focus and their attention off God and and His Word and His plan, and they've chose to follow their their own agenda. And that can be detrimental. You see, and it's it's that kind of, of wisdom that is so dangerous. And it's that kind of wisdom that can cost us our influence with people that we are trying to to win to Jesus. And so James, as he gets into the end of of chapter 3, he begins speaking of of these different kinds of wisdom. In verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? You should show your good works by your conduct with wisdom's gentleness. So he's he's asking the question, okay, who's wise? Do you think you're wise? If you're wise, you don't have to go around talking about it. The way that we are to demonstrate the wisdom that we have is by our conduct. We show the people that we we live with, work with, uh, are in constant communion and contact with on a daily basis, we show them that we have wisdom by the way that we live our lives. And so when he says, show your good works with wisdom's gentleness, what he's saying is there's a right way to do this. Okay, now when he says wisdom, it's not talking about like a superior knowledge and a superior intellect that, that nobody else has. Like, you know, look how great I am and look how, look how smart I am. And I'm such a genius, and I'm just, you know, I'm just the greatest thing ever. But when it's talking about this, he's saying there is a right way and a wrong way to do this. And if you are going to operate with God's wisdom, we have to do it the right way. We can't use the wisdom of the world. And in verse 14, he starts talking about that wisdom. He says, but if you have bitter envy... And selfish ambition in your heart. Don't brag and lie in defiance of the truth. Now those are some some pretty heavy words that he uses right there, are they not? He says, if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag in, in defiance of the truth. And a lot of times, people who are, are operating with the wisdom of the world, those are the things that they use. Okay? Um, when we think of, of bitterness, and we think of envy, envy is, is wanting something that is not yours. You know, we, we know what it is. Maybe there's a, a promotion that we were up for, and we didn't get it, and somebody else got it. Maybe we felt like we were better qualified, and maybe we were. But for whatever reason, they got it, and we get bitter 
about that. You know what being bitter does to you? It begins to eat you up on the inside. Who else has dealt with bitterness in here before beside me? Yeah, and you know what that does. It can just eat you up inside, and that's all you think about. That's all you think about is that person or that event or whatever it was that you thought was supposed to happen that didn't happen or the person that got what you thought or at least felt like you should have received. Okay, and it begins to work on us on the inside. Okay? And so a lot of times what can happen is we can begin to think about, okay, what do I have to do? How can I make sure that this, this does not happen Again, and that enviness and that bitterness begins to work and work and work on the inside of it. And then we start thinking about selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is what someone uses to get whatever they want. You know, it's someone that is full of, of this, this bitterness, full of envy, full of selfish ambition and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get whatever it is they want, that's the kind of wisdom that James is talking about. And apparently some people were using this as James is saying, this is not the way to approach the world. If you're going to appear wise, you cannot have these things in your life. Okay, so if we are going to be real in our following of Christ, we have to get rid of bitterness, envy, selfish ambition. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? Okay, good. I know, I know that when I am operating with bitterness, with envy, and with selfish ambition, when I've got those things kind of running in the background of my mind and in my heart, I am the worst version of myself. Can you relate to that? That's when I'm absolutely the worst version of myself because the only thing that I am thinking about is me. This didn't happen to me. I didn't get this. This person said that. Okay? I should have done this. I'm going to do this. And I don't even bother to think about anybody else. And what I realize is that when I'm using that kind of wisdom, then you can start to kind of, what do I need to do to change it? What do I need to do to make sure I get what it is that I think I deserve and, and am entitled to? And you can begin to start to scheme things. You know what I'm talking about? That's the kind of wisdom that James is saying. We can't have that. We can't have that kind of wisdom in our hearts. And don't, don't brag about it. You know, there are a lot of people that will operate that way. And they will use this, this worldly cunning and they'll get to the top and they'll do well and people will pat them on the back and they'll thank God for it. God is never going to give us success if that's how we're operating. God cannot bless that because God does not operate that way. And so James is saying, hey, look, get rid of that stuff. Okay, don't brag about that stuff. Verse 15, such wisdom does not come down from above, but it is earthly. It is sensual or, or not spiritual. And it's demonic. Or your version might even say that it's, it's devilish. That kind of wisdom is not from God. That kind of wisdom is of Satan. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, 
There is disorder in every kind of evil. Now, when it says disorder, I don't think so much that it's talking about that you know, things are unorganized. But I think what it's talking about, when James says there's, there's disorder, I think what he is saying is that when you have people operating with this kind of wisdom, when you have people that are, are, are envious and using selfish ambition to get personal gain and all of those things, I think what he is saying is that is against the order of how God wants things to run. Because God's will is about putting others first. It's about loving others. And so he's saying if this is how you're operating, there is disorder. It's operating against the way that God wants things to run. And with those things come every kind of, of evil. You see, envy and, and selfish ambition, they, they drive people to all sorts of evil. Lying, cheating, stealing, all to, to get ahead. You see, in the eyes of, of society, it might look like success. But in the eyes of God, it does not. Because those things are, are not, they're not from God. They're full of evil. You see, real wisdom is never used to take advantage of someone. Real wisdom is never used to, to manipulate someone to, to get our way or to advance our own agenda. So in verse 17, James gives us about eight things of what real wisdom looks like. He says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism, and hypocrisy. He's saying the wisdom that comes from God, first and foremost, it's coming down as a gift from above. And that wisdom, that wisdom is pure. In other words, it's, it's unmixed. In the way that we deal with one another, there's nothing hidden, there's nothing, there's nothing shady. Does that make sense? It means when we operate and we, we deal with one another, I'm not dealing with you from a, like a hidden motive or a hidden agenda or with hooks, but I'm dealing with you as a genuine human being, a person created in the, in the image of God. Real wisdom also pursues peace. Now, Peace is, a, is an incredible thing, yes or no? Peace is not an easy thing. And if we think about it for just a few minutes, we can probably all point to at least one situation in our lives that is not peaceful. Okay? But if we're the followers of Christ, we are supposed to use God's wisdom to step into those situations, not to... Not to incite and induce chaos, but to introduce peace. To bring in reconciliation, to bring healing and, and, and restoration into those kinds of situations. The wisdom of God is, 
gentle. It's easygoing. It's considerate of others. Whereas the, the, the wisdom of, of Satan, the wisdom of the world, is absolutely not considerate of anybody else. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about me. It doesn't care about anybody else. The only thing the wisdom of the world cares about is the person who's trying to use that wisdom and getting them to whatever it is they think they need or we think we need. But the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God puts others first. When you see, that, uh, when, when you see the word there, uh, compliant, it's not like, pushover but it's someone who is willing to listen have you ever met someone who was so stubborn they absolutely would not listen to anything that you said what are those people like stubborn yeah i mean they're they're no fun to to have conversations with okay but you know, you know, and I know that there are just some people out there that it doesn't matter what they say, what you say, it doesn't matter the, the, the logic that you present. They're going to do what they're going to do, and they're not going to hear anything else about it. Okay? But godly wisdom, when we're operating with godly wisdom, that means that we are willing to sit down and listen. Even though we might agree or, or disagree, I'm willing to sit down and hear you out to hear all sides of, of, of a situation before I make a decision. Godly wisdom means that you don't just make an emotional, just rash, on-the-spot decision, but it means that you listen with open hearts and open ears. It means that we take time to, <clears throat> to think through the, the, the different positions. It means that we're meditating on it. It means that we're taking all of, those in, all of that information and we're bringing it before God in prayer before we make a decision on this. This is what, what it means when it says that, that godly wisdom is compliant. But it's also full of, of mercy. Meaning it shows great compassion. Great care for those that we come in contact with. It puts... It puts others first. The greatest commands, what are they? Love God with everything that you've got. The second command is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The wisdom of the world doesn't care about your neighbor. The wisdom of God says, no, 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 no. You deal with people the way you deal with God. And if you love God the way that you say you do, when you deal with your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers and your family members, and you've got a situation that involves some wisdom, put them first. Put their needs first. This is the way of Jesus Godly wisdom is without favoritism. You know, we don't pick and choose who we get to 
be nice to. Pick and choose who we show love to. Now, it's easy to do that, and, and unfortunately, I think that we can really slip into that pretty easily if we're not paying attention to what we're doing. But the wisdom of God says, no, you don't pick and choose who it is who, deter- who, who receives God's love and grace and mercy. If you are real and if you're going to be a follower of Christ, then every person that we come in contact with, we must recognize as an image bearer, a fellow image bearer of God. Which means that every person we come in contact with, every person we come in contact with, is deserving of the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ that each of us has received, right? Every person. That's what real wisdom says. And then finally, real wisdom shows no no hypocrisy. Or the way that NIV uh, words that. Real wisdom is sincere. Or maybe even another turn of the dial. Godly wisdom is real. And that's that's the wisdom that we want to operate with that's the wisdom that we need to use as we approach the situations that we have daily in our life and so that that brings me and i'll I'll just give you the point right now and it's simply this real wisdom from above is demonstrated by our conduct and it always seeks to put others first paul would write in in philippians 127 he would say conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ real wisdom is to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of christ jesus in the way that we treat people in our in our transactions the way we deal with our with our business with our our taxes with our neighbors real wisdom real Godly wisdom from above operates in a manner that is worthy of Christ Jesus. And then finally in verse 18. He says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who who make peace. And a couple things about this real quick. One, righteousness can't be fostered in a climate of of envy and self-control. Does that make sense? Righteousness, the righteousness of God, it cannot be fostered in an atmosphere where there is envy and and selfish ambition. But it can only grow in a climate of peace. Peace. The, the, the wisdom of the world, man's wisdom, is chaos in the midst of peace. Okay? The wisdom of God introduces peace into the midst of chaos. Does that make sense? Because if I am operating with worldly wisdom that I am willing to introduce chaos to create confusion, to create tension, to create division, to get whatever it is that I want. 
Worldly wisdom introduces chaos in the middle of peace. It causes disruption and destruction and, and division. But godly wisdom operates the other way around, and it brings peace into a chaotic situation. And it seeks restoration. It seeks hope. It seeks forgiveness. It seeks putting others first. That is the, that is the wisdom of God. Real wisdom from above is demonstrated by our conduct. And it puts, it puts others' needs ahead of ourselves. So what is the wise thing to do in any given situation? It is to demonstrate real wisdom through our conduct. So then a question that we want to consider especially as we get ready to go out and begin another week, is does, does my conduct reveal envy or selfish ambition? Are the things that I'm doing and the decisions that I'm making, are these things happening because I have some, some sense of envy in my life? Or am I doing certain things or saying certain things just purely for, for selfish gain? Do you make benefits simply for the, or do you make decisions simply for the benefit of your, yourself? You see, if the answer is yes to those things, then you're not using the wisdom that's from above. You're using the wisdom that is, is from Satan, the wisdom that is full of evil that says lie, cheat, steal, kill, destroy, do whatever you have to do to get whatever it is that you want. And James says those things cannot be. To use that kind of wisdom destroys our influence. But godly wisdom is the wisdom that comes from above, that is revealed in our conduct, conduct and it puts others first so what kind of wisdom are you using in your life are you using the kind that says do whatever you got to do are you trusting God to give you the wisdom that you need even if it means even if it means you might miss out on a promotion even if it means you don't get everything that you thought you were entitled to. But it means that you chose to operate with integrity. and You chose to operate with honesty. You chose to, to listen and be compliant. You chose to introduce peace into a, a chaotic situation. You chose to be sincere and without hypocrisy. That's the kind of wisdom that God wants to and will bless. But if you're not using that kind of wisdom, then I'd invite you to start doing it right now. Use God's wisdom to make a change in your life. Turn away from that other stuff that says hurt whoever you have to to get ahead. And trust in God. If we can help you, if we can pray for you, why don't you come while we stand and while we sing just as I am.